Good morning, Grace Church, and welcome. How's everybody doing today? Doing good? Good morning. Come on, stand up on your feet. Welcome to Grace Church. We're so excited to be together this morning to worship God. Uh, and you know, where we are gathered in His name, He is here in our midst. Amen. And uh, we just have an awesome opportunity to be, to be united. Uh, and so we just want to say uh, thanks for being here today. We have a lot to celebrate. Sorry we have a couple technical difficulties, but we're going to get through that today. Regardless, we have a lot to celebrate, amen, because we are free in Jesus Christ, amen. We're also celebrating something else today. It is my parents, your pastor's 40th anniversary. Uh, pastor Mark and Janie are celebrating 40 years today. We have a little gift for you. We can, uh, I'll take that. <laughs> There's a little gift card in here to a restaurant, so we just wanted to say, uh, uh, can we give them a hand just to say, wow, 40 years love you guys. Thank you so much for setting such a wonderful example uh, for us. But hey, let's go before the Lord today and uh, just invite God's presence into this place. Father, we thank you for all that you've done, uh, that you, you have given it all. Lord, you laid nothing back so that we could be together. And today, God, you desire the same thing for us to be together, to be united, to have communion uh, with you, God. And so we invite you into this place to come and move and to come and dwell in our hearts. We ask that you'd have your way in this service. We would love you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord.
God, I praise you. Yes, I will praise you in every situation, no matter what it looks like. I choose to believe that you're working all things out. Amen? Oh, that's all we got to do is just learn to walk by faith.
just stay in the attitude of worship just for a moment. Jesus said you can't put new wine into old wineskins. Unless that wineskin burst and all the wine would break forward. He spoke of wine a lot in scripture. So maybe like me, you've had areas in your life where you, you take this new Jesus and you try to force him into an old person and it just doesn't work and you're not sure how to make the new with the old and Paul said the old man will eventually go away and there's a new creature in Christ Jesus and you know maybe you're here today and you just you just want that newness I think sometimes we complicate things you know I just want that newness if you're here and just want that newness just close your eyes for a second that's such a powerful song that turning water into wine that he literally takes what we are and he makes us what we need to be or what we should be I just want to pray with you right where you're at. If, if you just need more of Jesus, if you just, maybe you've got some issues in your life that you need God to sort through, let's just pray. Let's just pray and let, let's let God just bring those issues. Let's let him sort them out. Let's just, let's walk through those things. Father, in your name, we love you so much. Lord, just help us. Lord, let that new wine, which is you, come into this new wine skin. Let us receive you. change what needs to be changed. Bring to life, Lord, those things that might be dead within us. Give us hope in hopeless situations. Lord, bless our friends here, those watching online, those in-house, those in the area. Father, Lord, use them, God. Lord, let them be bold warriors for you, carrying that new wine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Can you do that? Praise God. Awesome. You can be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. Wow. You can. God's so good. Amen. Praise God. Well, 40 years ago, today, honey, you and I got married. She looks 40, right? You are the love of my life. Thank you for marrying me 40 years ago. I thank you so much. And you're my best friend. take um, pledges next week for our feeding of Haiti and feeding of Hickory. And so we need people, uh, I need 20 people, whether they watch online or in-house, to give $100 a month. I need 20 people to give $50 a month. And I need 20, to, 20 people to give $25 a month. And I, I, need it, I need to challenge you because I think the Lord's challenged us to do more than what we've been doing. We do about 14,000 meals a month, and we're trying to bust, boost that up to 20,000 meals a month uh, because there's a need both in Hickory and in Haiti. So if you'd pray about it, consider it, we'll come back next week and we'll ask for people to, uh, to pledge money. Hey, look, we're going to bless the offering. 
at this time, and then we'll get into the Word. So thank you for giving. You can give on your way out. You can give online. You can give at the kiosk. You can give out the phone app. You can give at the, through the website. Thank you for your support, your generosity. I'm going to pray God blesses you. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless Grace Church. Bless Grace people. Bless them for who they are. Thank you, O Lord, for just their precious precious spirit. And I just pray, Lord, you give them promotion, you give them increase, you give them favor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you in advance for your giving. Thank you, worship team. Give it up for the worship team this morning. They, they do a, such a great job. Amen. Uh, 40 years. It, uh, just, it just goes so fast. And, um, it's hard to explain. My, my message isn't on our anniversary. I've been talking about it last, for the last couple of weeks. If you, if you probably would have understood the odds that were against us, when we first got married and in our early years, you would wonder with amazement on how we, how we made it this far. And, and I, hope, I hope we have another 30 or 40 in us myself. That would take, to, we would be quite old, but I hope we have. <laughs> I, I, ho I hope we have that. So anyways, man, uh, we're in this series on signs, Jesus Unfiltered. And it's really about the authenticity, the origin of Jesus kind of setting his ministry in order. And I, uh, I'm an order guy. And so, uh, you know, if my closet gets a little out of whack, I, I resort it. Uh, my shoes, I, I'm a shoe, I like shoes. Um, and so I have way too many pairs of shoes. And so I go through the shoes and, and then I color coordinate all my shirts and my pants. And, and uh, I know that's kind of weird, but that's just, that's, that's me. I, that's how I, that's how I function. That's how I operate. And, and I think John, the gospel of John might be that way too, because he's putting Jesus's signs in order, not necessarily of relevance uh, could be, but maybe importance as to how he wants us to live our life. On, on how we should kind of move forward. And we talked about water into wine a couple of weeks ago. We talked about knowing Jesus as the person versus just wanting his power. Mary knew Jesus had the power to turn water into wine, but didn't realize that from the personal standpoint that she was going to be truly affected through this. And so you, and we'll, we're going to talk about this maybe every week, you need to serve Jesus as the person, not for his power. Power will come, okay? But you need to serve him because he personally loves every single person here, okay? Every person that's watching online, every person in this world, he loves. And then last week we talked about Jesus cleansing the temple, and it's not about Jesus getting mad. It's about Jesus saying, listen, sometimes people that bought worship, that bought the lamb, that bought the ox, that bought the, the sheep, whatever, they could afford it, so they they were a little better in in that in the temple setting because they could they could purchase. But Jesus purchased 
our salvation, and what, that, what came with that was a restored fellowship with God. So now God wants all of us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? And when we do that, when we say, man, I, now I can worship. I don't need somebody to worship for me. It's great. I love a worship team. think we have the best worship team in the world. Love the fact that we get into worship every week, but that's like an added benefit. That's like strawberry shortcake after a good fillet steak. It's like I don't need the steak or the the fillet, the, the shortcake, but I'm going to eat it because that. So I don't need the worship. I want it. I love it. We need it. But they're not our cheerleaders. They're simply leading us into worship, right? So Jesus cleanses the temple, saying, "Listen, every person here is called upon now to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of all glory." So this week now we're learning. So we're learning how. Okay, first of all, I'm learning Jesus the person. Now I'm learning that I need I need to worship. I need personal worship. And by the way, if you're like waiting till Sunday to worship, you're missing out on another 167 hours a week where you could just really get into worship, you know, uh, put on a, a gray CD or go to Spotify or, or uh, iTunes or download some good worship music and, and play that music over and over. I was mowing the grass uh, uh, yesterday, I guess it was, and uh, Janie had some music going. She's got a little Bose player and it was just worship and some of it was our own worship music and it was just, it was just, man, my heart just just lifted because I was hearing this this worship music in the back in the backyard, and so just make sure you take that opportunity. Well, today now we're going to talk about grace. We're going to talk about kind of a special. We're going to talk about grace that's needed, okay? And we're going to talk about grace that's given. All right, so there's two forms of this grace that we're going to talk about because it's on, it's on both sides. And so uh, let's read, I think we're just going to read a couple scriptures. Let's go John 4, I think we start with 43. Uh, after the two days he departed for Galilee, and uh, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they uh, too had gone to the feast. So he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water into wine, and to Capernaum, where there was an official's whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your word and help us to believe on that word. Lord, what you say, what you do, Lord, is what we want to say and do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the Galilean believed on the word. I want you to center on that just for a second because throughout all scriptures, we talk a lot about David, talk about Moses and Abraham. We talk about uh, James and John. We talk about Paul. We talk about Timothy. And when we center on Jesus, and today I want to center on Jesus basically either what he says or what he does. How many things that's a good place to start? Like, all right, Jesus is kind of key and core to the whole scripture. And so if we just center on what he says and we center on what he does, we're probably going to be in pretty good shape, right? 
Like, you know, David had flaws, Abraham had flaws. In fact, every person in the Old Testament had major flaws that they overcame to be able to be used by God. And maybe you have flaws today. I certainly have flaws. Maybe there's flaws in relationships or flaws in, in humanity. Maybe there's flaws in, in the country. We're in such a, a time in our country even where there's so many upheavals that are taking place and, and everybody's pointing fingers at other people. It's a great time for the church to step up and really learn how we can issue grace to the hearer and have grace come back to us. And so Jesus here says a really critical thing in that second verse. Can you put verse 44 up again for me? So for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown. Jesus, in other words, is going back home. He's going back to where he came from. And, and he's, he realizes like he's not accepted. And we're going to talk today about kind of being like social being socially accepted versus being accepted by Christ. Being, being this acceptance where Jesus, it's it, like growing up in, in, in a mainline denomination, I looked at God a little less relationally than I, than I do now. And Jesus always loved the Lord, uh, born, raising, and loving God, and loving Jesus, but didn't know the critical aspect of, hey, Jesus, man, Jesus loves me. Like, I, like I knew love from my parents. My parents were very loving. My brothers and sisters, very loving, very accepting, very cool. And, and yet, I, like, I, I had this roadblock, like, why in the world would Jesus love me? I, he, I know he loved, God loves, but like, what, what, did, what did I do to earn his love? You don't have to do anything to earn Jesus' love. That's the beauty of the scripture. You don't, there's nothing you have to do. Jesus loves you. Now, we accept his love, and that allows us to become a Christ follower, okay? And so in this story, Jesus is bouncing around from Judea to Galilee. And in the first part of John, the fourth chapter, the Bible says he's got to go from Judea uh, to Galilee, and he's going to go through Samaria. Now, there's a couple wording issues there. Either he chose to go through Samaria or he had to go through, like that was a town. If you're going to, you know, if you live here in Hickory, you're going to Lenore, you're going to go through Granite Falls and Hudson, or did he go a roundabout way? I choose to think that he went out of his way to get in uh, somebody else's way. I think Jesus does that. I think he, go, he goes out of the way to get in your way, okay? He enjoys doing that. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this person, and maybe it'll take years, or maybe it takes months or weeks. Maybe it takes a long time, but you're, you just know that Jesus is there, and you've prayed that prayer, and maybe years have gone by, and maybe you've even remembered or forgotten man, that prayer that I prayed, but all of a sudden it comes to pass, and it's like, wow. Praise God. I, I, I remember praying that prayer. I, I remember, like I told Janie at the, the start of the year, I always pray differently uh, over our kids. I always pray a hedge of protection, a shield of favor. I always pray um, for our church, for our family. Uh, since 1991 or 1990, every day I've always prayed, Lord, build a hedge of protection, a shield of favor. I've talked about that over homes, houses, all those things. And then this year, uh, for the last two or three years, after I pray that, then I pray something very specific. Well, this year, I was telling Janie, this year I, I started praying uh, for wisdom, 
uh, for her and I, uh, for decisions in the church, decisions that we have to make, uh, downtown building, all that, uh, for favor, because I think it's good to have favor, right? Uh, first of all, I think you can ask for favor, because in the scriptures, uh, Abraham found favor, Noah found favor, David found favor, Esther found favor. I mean, it, you, I want to find some favor, all right? I mean, it's good to find favor. And so favor is good. Like, if you don't want it, I'll take it. Like, oh, that, that person don't want their favor. I'll take your favor. I'm okay with that. I'll take your favor. And so, but then I've been praying. Listen, because I didn't realize coronavirus or COVID was coming in or anything. I, we'd heard just very, like, from January 1, my third part of that prayer was, and Lord, let the Holy Spirit breathe through them. So that could be physical or spiritual, right? I mean, like, I know uh, some of our kids have been maybe concerned with the virus. And I told Janie just the other day at breakfast, said, you know, I've been praying every day. Lord, let the Holy Spirit breathe, breathe through them. Don't you want the breath of God to breathe through your life? I mean, sometimes we pray things that we don't even understand or that we don't even realize. We're praying a prayer, and it's like, man, praise God. This, this, is, so, this is so God. Like, if you allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you, he'll pray things that only that not only you need, but other people need as well. And so Jesus is talking to this Galilean man whose son is ill, and Jesus is convinced he's just looking for a sign. And I think the Galilean man is like, well, no, wait, I'm not, it's not, it's more than that. I appreciate where you're at, but my son is ill. And the rest of the scripture says that he goes home to visit with the man or visit with his son the next day, and his son's well. And he says, hey, at what hour did he start to feel better? And they say, the seventh hour of the day. And he looks back and says, well, that's when Jesus said he would be healed. You can always look back and see where Jesus started a process in your life. You can always look back and see this is where grace started. Maybe I wasn't really good back then, or maybe I had a lot to learn, but right, this is the point in time right here where I know grace started in my life. And when I look back, that becomes a special moment. It's like a, a wedding anniversary. I can look back on August the 9th, 1980, 40 years ago, and say, man, I married that person right there. And it was the happiest day of my life other than salvation. I mean, I can't think of a better day. I love my kids. I'm so glad. But they don't exist without her. I love my grandbabies, but they don't exist without Janie. Do you see what I'm saying? So that when we look at grace and we look at salvation or being a Christ follower or being in relationship with Jesus, however you want to turn it, term it, we call it born again. We say following Christ. We call it Christianity, which, by the way, Christites was a bad terminology back in the day. When they called Paul a Christite and they called Timothy a Christite, it was act, they were actually putting them down. There was no social acceptance. And so I want to prelude to this story. This is out of John. So the first part of John, Jesus is going from Galilee, uh, Galilee or Judea up to Galilee, and he's going to go through Samaria. And you know the story if you've been in church any long, length of time. There's a lady at the well. It's about noonday, and she's getting some water at the well. And now she's getting water around noon because she wasn't socially accepted in the same town that she lived in. Why? One, because of race. Because she was half uh, Jewish, she was half Sumerian, so she was a Samaritan, and they were outcasts to both the Jews and those in Samaria. They were, they were, they were, uh, they, the, uh, 
They were socially outcast because they weren't good enough. Have you ever not been good enough for something? Have you ever been like, well, I can't do that because, you know, I spent time in jail or I can't do that because, you know, I'm divorced or I can't do that because, you know, I had chill out of wedlock. I can't do this because of my lifestyle. I can't do this. People are socially unaccepted for many reasons and in many ways that's wrong for Christ's followers because Jesus loves everybody. He, he God is love, Right? And when I came to this realization that there's that I have that I I can't be good enough to for God to love me that He already loves me, it becomes a lot easier to love God because He's not a, a judge with a black robe on and a gavel slapping the thing down and erasing your name every time you do something wrong. Now listen, the goal is to live right. The goal is to do things right. The goal is to live according to the Scriptures. Right. The goal is to make Jesus happy. That forms a good relationship. Well, this lady at the well is getting water out after the noon hour because the Jewish ladies took the early morning out or when the, when the uh, early morning water well, when the water was higher and cooler. So the water warmed during the day and the water went down. So then the Samaritan woman would come out and Jesus says, woman, do you have anything to drink? And by the way, like we talked two weeks ago, this term woman brought value. This was a compliment. So here's a woman that we know later on has had five different husbands living with the sixth man and, and probably isn't socially accepted by a whole lot of people. And he's bringing value to her because not of what she did, but because because of who she is. See, your value lies in who you are in Christ. Your value isn't in if you're a good business person or not, if you're educated or not, if you, if you, if you have a, a fantastic family or not. Your value is the fact that Jesus Christ would have died for you if you're the only person on earth. That's your value. That's a, that, see, we, we get caught up in social norms. I don't look like somebody else. I don't act like somebody else. And, and, and can I say this? Stop for some of you, stop defending yourself on Instagram. God will defend you. You don't have to defend yourself. You, you don't have to do those things, okay? Allow God to defend you. He does a pretty good job at it. He sent an advocate for the Father. His name is Jesus Christ the righteous. And he loves you and he looks out for you. So this woman's at the well. And she's in like she's trying to get some water. He says, woman, which again is a compliment, not a put down. Would you, would you give me some water? And she says, why are you asking me? She knows he's Jewish. She knows that he's, uh, he, she, he shouldn't be talking to her. And, and then, uh, well, give me, give me some water. Well, you don't have anything. You don't even have a bucket. You don't have anything to pour it out. And he says, if you know who you are talking to, I would give you water of eternal life. You'd never ask for water again. And right away, the woman at the well is thinking like we would, hey, he's going to take care of all my needs. You mean I never have to go to this watering well again and get water? That's not what Jesus was saying. But that's how she took it. And sometimes we think whenever we sign on with Jesus, all of our problems are going to go away. Man, I'm never going to have another problem. Praise God. And if I ask for a show of hands, some of you have had worse problems since, since you become a follower of Christ than before you became a follower of Christ. But that's okay because trials and tribulations, those things must come. They're going to come, but you still remain joyful through them. 
you still have peace when you walk through them. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And when the world, when society sees you happy because you're going through a trial, it's like, wait a second. You shouldn't be happy. You should be cussing everybody. You should be mad at everybody. You should, you should hate life. You should hate the world. Not with Jesus. Not with the author and the finisher of your faith. Not the one who wrote the book. Not the one who says, I'm going to give you a way out. He sees the woman at the well. He starts to minister to her. He starts to accept her. He starts to give her value. And by the way, if you want to share the good news with people, stop beating them over the head with the Bible. Stop throwing it in their face. See, the Bible says that Jesus was full of grace and truth, right? Remember that? And he was full of grace and truth. And he grew in favor and stature daily. I love that scripture. It's like, man, Jesus was full of grace and truth. And I think there's a key here. You have to have grace before you can give truth. If you start just with truth, it comes across as legalism. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. What can I do? I'm confused. I was confused early on because I learned of all the things I couldn't do. What can I do? Well, you can go sing, you know, the old rugged cross. I've got a mansion. Stop wearing those clothes. (laughs) Stop dressing like that. (laughs) You can see I'm still bitter about that. I've talked about it the last couple of weeks. Forgive me, Lord. You are in jail. You're in a blended marriage. You can't do that. And we we start to think of ourselves. See, the disciples got mad at Jesus because he was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. They went off to buy some groceries, and they come back around. What are you doing? What's he doing? Oh, my goodness. He can't do that. He's going to ruin our ministry. You can't go to the bar and witness. You can't go to the movie house and witness. You can't share the good news with somebody who's got a bad life. That's where Jesus wants us to share the good news, church. That's who he wants us to share the good news to. If, if, you, if everybody in your sphere of influence looks like you, you're going to be boring. you got to get people in your life that don't look like you, that don't act like you, that don't smell like you. You got to get some neighbors and family members and coworkers, and that's why you got to be careful who and where you vent to, because this message of grace that Jesus is preaching. So I, I think the formula here is you give them grace first, and then you give them truth, because truth without grace becomes very legalistic, and grace without truth becomes very superficial. So when I when I don't have truth. It's like, yeah, just go ahead, grace is it. No, 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 no. Grace opens the door so that truth can be taught. If you don't build a relationship of value with somebody in your life, and that somebody in your life shouldn't be somebody that can give it back to you. It should be somebody that Jesus said, well, even the person you take out to dinner, if they can give you dinner back, you've done no good. Take somebody out to dinner that can't pay you back. Have somebody over for a Bible study that doesn't know anything about the Bible. Take somebody to church that doesn't know anything. When you start to do those things in your life, then all of a sudden Jesus looks down and says, yeah, man, that is a disciple of mine right there. Jesus goes to the woman at the well And he says, hey, can you give me something to drink? Because if you give me something to drink, I'm going to give you something even better. Because whenever you do anything and give anything for Jesus, Jesus is going to pay you back. Solomon, the wisest man in the world, said, whenever you loan 
to the poor, you've really done it to God. He will repay. Now think about that for a second. Now, I ain't taking an offering right now. We're going to take that next week. But every time you've ever done something for somebody who couldn't repay you, you've done it unto the Lord. And when Jesus went down to this well and the disciples were coming back from their grocery store run, they didn't have the home delivery at this point in time. It was you couldn't pay the, the people $7.95 and have them ship it to your house. Same day delivery, you had to, you actually had to go to the store pre-COVID days, and, and they were at the store, and Jesus is ministering, as only Jesus could. They show up with the groceries, and I think they probably just dropped them right there, broke the eggs. What in the world does he think he's doing? I think he's being Jesus. I think the church needs to start being Jesus to people who, do, who know, need to know Jesus and stop judging people who don't know Jesus because if they don't see Jesus in the church, they're never going to see Jesus at all because they think the church is full of hypocrites. Like, I'm not going to that church. You're full of hypocrites. Well, we'll take one more, first of all. And second of all, you help us not become hypocrites, right? And so, so Jesus says, hey, go get your husband. After he says, hey, you got to worship me. you got to worship God. and God's a spirit. you got to worship in spirit and in truth. So Jesus is on this worship kick, and he's trying to introduce to a lady who has no clue about religion or the gospel or, 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 or acceptance or any, any of those things. And Jesus is preaching to her just love and ministry. Go get your husband. Oh, I don't have a husband. You're right. You've had five. And the one you're with now, you're not married to. And now listen, Jesus is not my opinion. This is my opinion. I don't believe Jesus is calling out her sin. I believe Jesus is saying, you've looked for man number one, man number two, man number three, man number four, man number five, and man number six to take care of you. But the only one that can really take care of you is man number seven, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, creator of the heavens and earth. And any time we look for man to get us out of trouble, we'll just get more in trouble. We got to keep our eyes set on the throne above, right? We got to keep our eyes set on who created the heavens and the earth. And I think that's what Jesus, a lot of people say, yeah, Jesus really got her. Man, you've been married, read her like a book. No, you've missed the grace part. He's saying those guys never did take care of you. In fact, the culture of the day would be a woman couldn't file for divorce. So man number one left her, man number two left her, man number three left her, man number four left her, man number five left her, and then man number six just wanted the benefits from her. But man number seven, he showed up and said, well, hey, we're going to change this whole thing right here. Now, in my opinion, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Jesus takes a very, very grace-centered approach. Like, he doesn't, he just says, go get your husband. He didn't say, go and don't sin no more. He didn't, he didn't lead her to a plan of salvation. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't give her the, the Ten Commandments. He, he didn't take her to the town square because she was living in adultery and have her stoned, which by law he could have. So, like, he's full of grace and truth. And the truth that he's trying to get across to her is that if you don't operate by grace, truth does you no good because by the same measure that you judge, that measure will come back to you. The same person that you say, that person, that no good, that same thing's going to come back. 
when we start to measure people by things. And so here's the social outcast by her race, social outcast by her lifestyle, social outcast by where she lives. So like she's three strikes and out. I got to wait till noon to get the water so the privileged people can get theirs first. I'm not accepted by the Jews or the Sumerians. I can't, I'm not accepted by any group. Now, and I've lived with five different men. I'm living with six now. They've not satisfied me or apparently I have not satisfied them. It's not working out. I just need something in my life. And all of a sudden Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. It's like right in your worst hour. Right when you need him most. Why? Because he loves you and he said he will never ever leave you nor will he forsake you. Now this is not a good message for legalistic people. This is like the legalism people, we don't have any in our church, thank God. But the legalism people, they're like, they're going to email Marcus at gracechurch.tv or Brian at gracechurch.tv. Andrew at gracechurch.tv. Not Emily, because she's from Burke County. So uh, she, she, don't don't email Emily at gracechurch.tv because Burke County rises up and it is not pretty. And then Janie gets emails and and Emily's like a little mama bear. She does take care of her own. She, and, like that. And so don't do that. But, but listen, Jesus, like the disciples are being legalistic, right? Society's being legalistic. And I'm not saying, listen, there's a difference between discipline and legalism. You need to live a disciplined lifestyle. You need to live a disciplined lifestyle according to scriptures, you need to make sure your heart's right according to scriptures, that the things you do are right according to scriptures, and stop trying to find scriptural loopholes for how you're living or for what you're doing. Don't, don't, don't go there, okay? But, but you, you, you can't be throwing the book at people all the time because anytime you've missed on one of these laws, that law comes back to you. So wouldn't you rather walk in the law of forgiveness and grace? What's the scripture? Mercy triumphs over justice. I mean, when you operate, and the only way scripturally you can obtain mercy is by giving mercy. If you give mercy, you get mercy. If you give grace, you get grace. Now, grace is unmerited favor, but God gives you grace so that you can give it back out. This is what Jesus is teaching his disciples as he goes back to Galilee. Why? Because that's that verse we read, Jesus understood what it was like to not be accepted. It is human nature to want to be accepted. It's human nature to be, want to be accepted. In my family, I'm the youngest of eight, so I only know acceptance. I only know older children in my family, brothers and sisters, mom and dad, grandparents. I only know that. I don't know what it's like to not be accepted, but I guarantee you there are people in this room right here and watching online, they totally understand what it means to not be accepted. Listen, Jesus has already accepted you. And I want to apologize on behalf of any church that hasn't accepted you. Why? Because that's not grace. Grace is grace is acceptance so that truth can be taught. When you actually sit down with somebody and say, now what, let's look at the scriptures. Hey, well, I got an issue in this point. Well, let's not, let's not beat you over the head with it. Let's sit down and say, here, here, here's what the Bible says. 
Let, let's just look what the Bible says. If we, can, if we can see what the Bible says, let's go from there. Well, how do I know the Bible is true? Well, like the, the Galilean whose son got healed, he believed on the word. At some point in time, you're going to have to believe on the word of God or being a Christ follower is not going to work. It's, it's not going to follow because it's all about trust. It's all about truth. It's all about relationship. But it starts with grace. Grace is this big circle. And so here's a lady, social outcast because of her race, social outcast because of where she lived, social outcast because of her lifestyle. And maybe you fit there. Maybe you're in that realm where, man, I just don't know where I fit in. Can I tell you, you fit in grace right here. You fit right here. This, this is where we want you. This is where God wants you. Now, we are not perfect people. We understand that. But if you have grace with us, we're going to have grace with you. If you have legalistic tendencies or you have the wrong agenda, I'm going to push my agenda. We're going to peel back and say, wait a second. If we're in this together, we have to have the same motives. And if your motives are to live for and serve Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're on the same page. We're running the same track. We're going the same way. That's the direction that we have to go. Amen? And so the disciples come back, and, like, they're confused. They're looking at Jesus like, this is, this is totally weird. And Jesus came with this power of grace. He turned water into wine. We talked about that. Okay, person over power. He, he, he cleanses the temple. And so they're looking at Jesus. It's like, man, what's he doing? And now he's, he's at this woman at the well. He's doing it because he knows in two days, that first verse we read, in two days, he's going to go back down to Galilee, and he's not going to be accepted. His signs will, the same signs that will get him in trouble later on in his ministry, because he'll do it on the Sabbath. He'll do it. He'll, his guys will eat. His guys will eat from the, they'll pick corn on the Sabbath. The, the, the religious people always get a little bit mad. They protect the Sabbath, even though they can't all come to church on the Sabbath. Oh. <laughs> I almost got one clap there. That was it's like, should I clap or not clap? I mean, I mean, it's COVID, it's Corona. What do we do? I'm not sure. I'm just going to leave that up to you. We're glad you're watching. Amen. We're glad you're here. Amen. We rebuke coronavirus in the name of Jesus. Call it to dissipate back into the heavens. Keep our people clean and pure in Jesus' name. Be safe out there. But Jesus. And so I, I want to do, do just what Jesus did. What, what, Jesus went to socially unacceptable places to visit with socially unacceptable people to show them the love that he has. And then what Jesus said was, if you just believe on the word, if you just believe on the word, if you just believe on the word, then those things will happen. Come on back worship team. I, there's a verse in here that says, if I have it written down, in the story of the woman at the well, the Bible says, and many believed on his word that Jesus spoke. The lady went and ran back to Samaria and said, man, I, I I come see a man. He, he's told me everything about me. And half those people didn't even have to come. She had such a good rapport with them that they, they became Christ followers just at her word. And then the other half, they came to see Jesus and they believed the words he spoke. So they became Christ followers. And it's like all these people and Jesus did one thing. He was nice to a woman who nobody else was nice to. Now think about that. 
a woman who had been married multiple, multiple times who, who just couldn't get it right. And I'm going to guess part of it was her fault. I don't think she was probably the victim in everything. I'm sure some of it was her, her fault, maybe her flaws, maybe her failures. But the fact is five men left her and one didn't want to get engaged or involved with her, just wanted to use her up. And maybe you felt like you've been used your whole life. There is one called Jesus who will not use you in that manner, but he wants to use you as far as grace goes. He wants to use you, but he wants to use you in the right way. He wants to use you with loving, tender, careful hands and say, child, I want the best for you. I want that new wine into a new wineskin. We're going to sing the song of the blessing, and I love it. I love the, I love, the, I love the blessing. I love declaring. I love, I love all the the things that go with it. I love the the fact that Lord bless you and keep you. I love the statement. And, and if we understand the statement properly, God tells Aaron, the great high priest, to pray this over Israel. So we use it as praying for our family. We use, man, I love it. Like, we're going to pray for our family. We're going to pray for our kids. We're going to pray for our grandkids. We're going to pray for our grandkids as grandkids. And we're going to pray for brothers and sisters. We're going to pray for moms and dads. And But but it's really Aaron's told to pray this over Israel, which represents the church or the community of Christ. And so I want you to think for a second. Go ahead and stand with me. I want you to think for a second. Is there somebody in my life? Is there somebody in my sphere of influence? Is there somebody in my uh, workplace? Is there somebody at the, at the grocery store? Is there somebody in my neighborhood? Is there somebody that I come in contact with that I've not shown grace to? I'm going to actually pray this over them. I want to I want to pray a blessing upon that the Lord would bless them and keep them and, and, and protect them and watch them because if we show grace to the right people, they'll go tell everybody about it. Hey, there's a, there's a person over there, man. That person, he, he showed me all kind of grace. He showed me the love of Jesus. In fact, he, he not only showed me, he told me, not only told me, but he actually, he, like he did it. We interacted with the love of Christ and it's so beautiful how when people just love God, Yes, yes, scripturally, we're going to line up with the do's and the don'ts, but it's not going to be a mandate. It's going to be a desire. When, when the do's and don'ts become a mandate, you've lost your relationship. When the do's and don'ts become a desire, then there's more of Jesus, and Jesus is just, he's just hungry to get all of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just sprinkle thoughts and ideas on people here watching online, people in the house of people that maybe they can just show the love of Jesus to, the love of grace, where grace will open the door for them to teach truth, speak truth, love truth. Father, I pray right now that you bless our people. I do speak health into them. I speak life into them. I speak vibrancy into them, Father. God, Lord, show them this week of who you want them to share with. In Jesus' name we pray.
face shine upon you. When we read that, that's just coming out of numbers. All that whole thing is just out of the word of God. So when you read it and you say, oh man, you're saying, yes, God, I agree. Because you may not have a child today, but there may be a child coming up in your future. So you're declaring over your children and their children. And I was a little bit selfish when I picked this song. This week I had said to Drew, I said, I know I just admitted I'm selfish. Everybody is selfish at some time or another. I, I was because I picked this song because like we said, it's our 40th anniversary. And what a better blessing could I receive today to have two of my blessings singing this song, my other one running the sound of the, of the, the blessing, our son Marcus who will preach fire down from heaven if you need him to, my incredible husband, the love of my life, my best friend. I, I said that first. He took that. I said that first in first service. He stole that. And, and then we have another daughter in Nebraska. We call her our Omaha campus pastor. So all of our children are just so in love with God. They're all serving God, serving in a church and um, working for God and their spouses and our grandchildren. husband. 
I thank you for 40 amazing years that you've blessed my life with. I thank you for many miracles that you've given to us. Thank you for my grandchildren and children to come. I call forth blessings. Number seven, I speak that over them. May the Lord bless and keep you, make his face shine upon you, and be gracious to you and give you peace. I declare that and I speak that over them in Jesus' name. Amen. We love y'all so much. Have a blessed day and we will see you soon. Love ya. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.